Turn with me to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100. Is worship a genre or a style, or is it an attitude of the heart? I've seen uh, different kinds of worship uh, over the years, uh, being a, a pastor's kid, being in different churches, being a youth director, uh, seeing the, uh, uh, what uh, some people call wild-haired music. Uh, I have been uh, in all kinds of, of situations. But you know what I've noticed? Whatever the situation, whatever the style or genre of music, there are people that are engaged in worship, and there are people who are not. And uh, it, it seems to go across the board. Uh, and so uh, the, the main thing about worship is the attitude of the heart. And uh, that is good because times change, tastes change. Even sometimes within generations there are differences in taste. You ever notice that? You get... Uh, uh, my dad was shared with me uh, about he, he and some men were, were taking a trip, and uh, he said, hey, what about putting that uh, such and such a CD in the, in the CD player? And one of the guys looked at him and went, oh, and, you know, <laughs> gagging. And, uh, uh, listen, even within generations, there's differences in taste. And so you have your own taste, uh, I have my taste, and all that's fine and good. God made us all different on purpose, and that's okay. Uh, you know, use what, uh, what you uh, like and what helps you worship in your personal time with God. And then we uh, try, as a church, we try to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit and kind of do the broad, um, you know, we can't do everything everybody likes every Sunday because that would be impossible. But, but we do try to kind of touch on the broad, the broad strokes of that and... Um, and, and, you know, it's a great thing to be a part of the people of God. And, and every person in the, among the body of Christ is important. The young people are important. The older folks are important. Or as uh, uh, one group in, in my dad's former church used to call themselves just older youth. Uh, that's okay, too. But uh, every person is important to God. And every person's worship is important to God. Uh, what I found in my own uh, worship in times of struggle, uh, I remember there was a season of time in my life when I was a, a teenager where I was struggling um, with the music. And I was singing in the choir. That's probably not a good thing, right? Struggling with the music and you're singing in the choir. And I just had a horrible attitude about it. I'll just be honest with you. I, wasn't, I was carnal. I was up there in the choir trying to encourage people and I was doing it in the flesh. And God just convicted me, and he said, is this about you, or is this about me? And, and I just felt like God wanted me to focus upon the words of what I was saying and offer that to him as praise. And uh, sometimes I could do that through the music. Sometimes I had to get creative, because the music wasn't really talking to God. It was talking about God, so I'd have to kind of silently in my heart Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this, or I thank, I praise you for this. Uh, but I found that if I would come and I would ask God to help me do that, He would do that. But this is not a sermon about worship styles. Okay, so relax if that's you know. <laughs> but this is about uh, some eternal, timeless truths that God has given us about how to bless God with our worship.
And this is something that every one of us needs because worship helps us uh, in entering into fellowship with God and communion with God uh, as, as good as anything else that I think uh, I've, I've found in my personal spiritual walk with God. Um, this is a chapter that calls us to worship, but it's also a chapter that demonstrates worship. So both of those things are, are available here uh, for us to look at, but we're going to focus on what, uh, to look, what God looks for in our worship. And so the time of message is blessing God with our worship. We need to bless God by worshiping God in a way that pleases and honors Him. Uh, Psalm chapter 100 and verse 1. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. Blessing God with our worship, how do we do that? Well, He looks for, first of all, our excitement. Our excitement. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. <laughs> so, what, what, are you Baptist? Uh, we don't do that around here. No, uh, no, He said, shout to the Lord. All the earth. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Uh, listen, I've been, I, I remember a few years back, uh, I went to a uh, pastor's conference. It's been quite a few years back. Went to a pastor's conference, and uh, there was, there was this, this great uh, worship song. They were kind of wrapping up the week, and um, it was talking about crowning Jesus king. And I, I don't remember the specifics of the lyrics or anything. But it was just powerful. It was powerful about how we're going to crown him king when we get to heaven. And, you know, I mean, he is king, but uh, with our praise and so forth. Anyway, they had all these kids coming up the aisle, and uh, they were dressed in white robes, and they had crowns. And while all this is going on, there's a crown coming up out of the orchestra pit. I mean, it was, it was something else. And finally, at the end, the very last chord all the kids at once throw their crowns i tell you what there's a bunch of preachers that were uh, they were baptist preachers but they weren't acting very baptist they were shouting and spirit jumping and uh, getting excited listen i want to tell you i don't believe heaven is going to be a funeral parlor i think we are going to be engaged in exuberant worship and, uh, and yes, there'll be a new earth. Yes, we'll get to enjoy a lot of different things. But for me, worship is the first and greatest attraction. God wants us to be excited in worship. I tell you what, I missed Rita and Loetta today. I think about excitement in worship. I think about the two of them, and especially Rita. And uh, uh, I love hearing that, you know, they, uh, that excitement that is there. Now, you say, you know... Uh, David Jeremiah was one time talking about going to visit the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And he said at the Brooklyn Tabernacle, everybody 
clasp hands, and then uh, Pastor Simbola says, raise your hands to God. And his wife is very reserved, and he said she was doing this. And uh, he was kind of tickled. But uh, listen, we're all wired differently, and that's okay. We worship God according uh, to how God moves in our heart. It's not something that is manufactured, but there should be excitement in our worship. Because we're the children of God. I rejoice when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. There's an excitement. Listen, you're entering the presence of the king. I can think of no greater or more exciting thing than that. And we get to do that uh, as God's children. And uh, I remember when uh, Sherry would travel when the kids were little, uh, they would tell me, well, Mama doesn't do it that way. I said, well, do I look like Mama? You know, and they would say, well, you know, anyway. But when she would come home, they would be so excited. And they would just run. I mean, they would be excited. They'd squeal and they'd run. And, and, uh, and then a little bit later, they learned to run to her because she had gifts for them. But uh, in those early years, well, the innocents were still there. They would run, run to her just because she was there. But uh, what, an, what an exciting thing. Uh, listen, every time you come to God in your quiet time, there should be a sense of expectation of meeting with a living God. Every time you come to a worship service to praise the living God, there should be a sense of expectation and excitement. You say, well, pastor, you don't live where I live because... On the way to church, we get in a fight, and uh, one of the kids bites the other kid, and you know, and everything's going crazy. And uh, well, I understand, but listen, I, all of us will struggle at times, and, and there are times I have to come to God in my quiet time and I have to say, God, my heart is not where it needs to be. And I confess that to you, Lord, and I just I, I ask you to fill me with your Spirit and to worship through me, and and, he, and He's faithful to do that, but. But excitement is something God. How would you feel if you're going out on a date and you go and you go uh, to meet the person you're going out on a date with, and they see you and they just kind of give you that expression, bored indifference, right? Um, if you got a teenager, you understand what that's about, <laughs> right? The bored indifference, but. Um, by the way, I have no teenagers in my household anymore. David just turned 20. So, uh, so um, the excitement. We want to see our loved ones excited to see us, right? We, we want there to be an expectation there. God is no different. He loves us, and he wants us to be excited to be in his presence. So that's the first thing that God looks for is our excitement. Secondly, our service. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. We call it a worship service, right? Our worship is a type of service. Of course, there's also service out during the week, and that's as much worship as the service that we do when we come together. But this idea of worship service, sometimes we think, okay, the worship service, I'm going to get something today. And I hope you do. I hope you're blessed. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're edified. I pray for those things. But ultimately, it's not about us. First and foremost, 
It's about God. He's the audience. It's not preacher, bless me if you can, or music director, bless me if you can. Choose the right songs if you can. <laughs> no, no, it is about God. How can we bless Him? How can we honor Him? How can we worship Him in a way that pleases Him? How can we respond to Him in a way that blesses His heart? The audience in a worship service is God. And we are the ones offering up our worship to Him. And so it's a service that we do for God. And, and, and we delight. Some of you have acts of service as your love language, okay? Uh, if you've read the five love languages, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm sorry. Get the book. But uh, your love language is service. And you delight to serve other people. And you express your love through service, okay? It's great. You delight to honor others through the things that you do. Did you know that blesses the heart of God when you do that for Him? When you serve the Lord with gladness. Now, people out in the world can serve God, but they don't serve as an act of worship. When we serve, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, right? So what we do in our service for God is to be done to honor Him, to magnify Him. Listen, I can dig a ditch and I can do it with excellence, and I can glorify and honor my God through the way that I dig a ditch. It's worship. Um, so our service is worship. God looks for that. Our service, and so and, and as we as we sing, as we respond, all of these things. In, in a worship service, are ways of serving God. So serve the Lord with gladness. Well, I didn't get recognized. Serve the Lord with gladness. Well, so-and-so is opposed to what I'm doing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Well, nobody cares whether I do it or not. Serve the Lord with gladness. I'm not making any perceivable difference. Serve the Lord with gladness. A lot of times we can't see the difference we're making anyway, right? God is doing things. Some, somebody once said the wheels of God grind exceeding slow, but they grind exceeding fine. Sometimes God is doing something that we don't even, we can't even fathom, but he's doing it slowly. And we've got to wait for the fruit to come. But uh, serve Him with gladness. Do it as an act of worship for Him. I mentioned Jeremiah and his, um, his preaching ministry and how most people didn't respond to him. Listen, if you, if you were a Jeremiah, you could continue to minister for God because as you declare the Word of God, you could do so to honor and glorify Him. What I found, I, sometimes in evangelism, you, you really don't know what people are thinking or what, you know, how they're uh, ultimately going to respond. But there have been a few times in evangelism that I've just gotten happy in Jesus, just sharing the gospel, talking about the great things Christ has done. And, and the, I can sense the presence of God, and just, I'm just excited. But whether that person is there or not, I'm having a great old time. Whatever they decide to do, 
I hope they decide for Jesus, but, but I can worship God through what I do regardless of the response of people. Something to remember. So serve the Lord with gladness. Our service, God delights in our service. So, he, so uh, what does he look for? He looks for our excitement, our service. Thirdly, our knowledge. My translation of verse 3 says, acknowledge that the Lord is God. I like the translation, know. That's the basic idea of the word. Know that the Lord is God. Well, you, well of course I know that. But know that the Lord, Yahweh, the great I am, is God. Sometimes that's an act of the will, right? You, you're going through circumstances and things are not going the way uh, that you would like. And you just have to be still and know that he is God. But here's another aspect of that. Our knowledge. Know that the Lord is God. As we grow in our knowledge of his word. And in our relationship with God. We grow to know him more. Now, not all Christians grow the same way. Some, you know, if, if you're unwilling to. Uh, respond to God if you don't have a heart of surrender towards God and what he's doing in your life you'll stymie your growth you'll, your growth will be hindered but if you have a willing heart toward God and you're seeking him and you're pursuing him you'll grow and as you grow you'll learn to know him more I loved Sherry when I married her but I love her more today why? because I've grown in that relationship and I've I understand her more, and I, I, I see who she is more, and I appreciate her more. Now, some, in some cases, <laughs> with human beings, that might be a bad thing. You learn more about somebody. But um, with God, it's never the, the case, because with God, he's perfect in his goodness. And so the more we get to know him, the more wonderful we realize he is. And it will improve your worship. And as you begin to learn, I remember singing... Uh, as, uh, as a little kid, redeemed how I love to proclaim it, and uh, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and thinking, okay, I'm singing this, but I have no clue what redeemed means. <laughs> then I had kind of an understanding what redeemed means. You know, I got trained, and I don't forget where it was that I first learned the meaning of the word redeemed. But then I began to preach a series on it. I learned a little bit more about it in seminary. Then I preached a series on it, and I began to study in depth what these words mean. And, and I would just weep. I'd be reading, reading about these different, of all things, Greek words. I'd be reading, what do these words mean? And I, I just begin to weep. It was so wonderful. Can I tell you, when I sing redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. I sing it in a whole different way now. Because I know not just intellectually, but I know experientially from what God has done in my life and how he's delivered me and, and how he has day by day um, lifted me up. I, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different attitude when I come to worship and I talk about his redemption. The more you know about God, the more you grow in your relationship with God, the more you know of his word, what his word says about God, the richer and the sweeter your worship will be. Now, 
there are, um, we, we sang Martin Luther's, I think it was one verse of Martin Luther's song, uh, in, which is from 1611. Okay, that's, that's some older music right there. I love that song. I love it. It's got great theology in it. Uh, sometimes the wording is a little bit, some people might say, what in the world does that mean? But um, the, the theology is great in it. And as I, as I sing that song, it makes me think about the greatness and the majesty and the awesomeness of our God. But I also like praise courses. Praise courses sometimes are not as, sometimes, now there's some great praise courses that are very theologically deep too. But usually they're more upward focused in the sense of I'm singing to God something that I love about the Lord. And, and what I've found is in different times of my life, different things minister to me. And, uh, and so, uh, by the way, these different kinds and styles uh, of worship are found in Scripture. Both kinds are found in Scripture. Um, and so, uh, nothing wrong with those things, but um, the knowledge that you have of God will deepen and enrich your worship uh, in, in such a profound way. So, get to know the Lord relationally get to know him in his word and it will help you worship so uh, blessing God with our worship how do we do it he looks for our excitement our service our knowledge our trust look at verse 3 the second part of verse 3 he said he made us and we are his his people the sheep of his pastures he made us we belong to him. We're his sheep. He's our shepherd. Sheep and shepherd have a relationship of trust. Um, one of the studies I did a few years ago when I was going through the book of John um, talked about how, how these, these shepherds would work. They would have one big fold or enclosure, and often several flocks of sheep would be in that enclosure. Uh, and the real shepherd, when he would come, he would just speak to his sheep. And all the sheep that were his would file out. The rest of them would stay put. Why? Because they knew the shepherd's voice. And they trusted the shepherd. They won't follow somebody they don't know. Now, the robber, he has to drive the sheep, right? Uh, because they don't know him. But the shepherd speaks to the sheep, and the sheep follow him because they trust him. Trust is an attitude of worship. Um, if you're going to sing praise to God, if you're going to talk about God's faithfulness, you've got to believe he's faithful, right? In order for it to be meaningful in any way. I can remember before when I was lost, singing songs like, Great is thy faithfulness. didn't matter to me a bit. My heart was not engaged, I, you know. wasn't that I disbelieved, I just didn't believe. And since that, you know, well, God didn't mean anything to me. But when God saved me, and especially over the years as I've seen God answer prayers time and time again, I found that God is faithful. 
He is so faithful. And because I believe that as I sing that song, I do so genuinely. So faith is part of the way that we engage in worship. God looks for our trust. Sometimes it's just rest. There's one song I love. It's put out some of the uh, class, classic hill song stuff, I guess. Uh, it's uh, called Be Still. And uh, uh, he, he just sings about how uh, when, when thunders rise and, and uh, when oceans roar, I'm probably getting the words wrong, uh, I'm safe. I can be still. I can find rest in Christ. And that rest, that stillness, uh, there is a Sabbath rest for the people of God, Hebrews says. And as you enter into that time with God in faith and you recognize who He is and who you are uh, and the fact that He is faithful and that He loves you and you truly believe that in the depths of your being. You truly believe. Here's, here's a great example. The enemy will often whisper a lie into our minds in this area. But how about this? Um, where sin abounded, grace has much more abounded. Do you believe that? As God's child, whether or not you believe that will be whether or not you have joy in your Christian experience. Because you're going to fail. Listen, we don't get to heaven because we deserve it, and we're not blessed of God ultimately. I mean, we are, in the sense that generally speaking, but it's not because we deserve it. It's because God's good. He, he gives us his blessing simply because he's paid the price through Jesus. Jesus has taken our sin upon himself and his righteousness has been credited to us. We're clothed in the spotless righteousness of Jesus. When we confess our sins, that's why he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because Jesus paid it all. So, as we also sung just a moment ago, his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Um, if you believe where sin abounds, through the grace much more abound, it will set you free. And it will make you want to worship. My sin, O oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. I'm going to get excited before this night's over. That, that's good stuff. If you believe that truth, it'll set you free. But oftentimes we don't believe it. We know it intellectually but we don't believe it in our heart. Sometimes I have to quote, you know how Jesus quoted Scripture to the devil? Sometimes I have to quote Scripture out loud to the devil several times before it takes. I don't know if it takes for him. It probably takes for him on the first time. I don't know. But for me, for me to actually believe it, for example, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you ever been overwhelmed in your life? Sometimes I've quoted that verse, I can do, I think I'm under attack spiritually. And I'll just quote the verse, I'll say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I don't believe it the first time, so I'll say it the second time. I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes they'll say, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I can do all things through Christ. And, and, and at some point along that way, I begin to believe it. And his rest comes. So, <clears throat> our trust is something that God looks for in our worship. If you want to bless God with your worship, come with a heart of faith. So, what does he look for? He looks for our excitement, our service, our knowledge, our trust, finally our praise. The last two verses focus on this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. I've told you this before, but it's worth repeating. They, they would sing songs of ascents going up to Jerusalem. If you've, if you've ever traveled up from the Dead Sea to Jerusalem, it's up all the way. That's why they call them songs of ascents. Then they would come through the gates of Jerusalem, the wall that had the gates in it. They'd come through the gates of Jerusalem singing praise to God, thanking God. For the good things he'd done. They'd enter into the courts, the temple courts, with praise. You see, this was the method God was teaching them about how to enter his presence. You will not live the abundant life with a grumbly, ungrateful attitude. You won't. Thanksgiving is a choice. The choice we make by the grace of God, right? You can say you're thankful and not mean it. <laughs> but uh, by the grace of God, we can thank Him and we can praise Him in our circumstance. Sometimes I like to thank Him and praise Him with a stubborn attitude. You ever had one of those weeks where everything's going wrong? Maybe it's a season of time. Maybe it's been a couple of years. And think one thing after another after another goes wrong and you and you're tempted to hang your head in discouragement and throw up your hands and that's the best time to praise God. Get your stubborn face on and say, God, I thank you that whatever's happening in my life, you're still on your throne. I thank you that you're sovereign, that you can take what the enemy means for evil and you can work it for good. God, I praise you that you're the God who lifts up uh, those who are downcast, lifts them up out of the miry pit and sets them on a rock. God, I thank you for my future, whatever's happening now. Praise God, Jesus is coming. One day I'm going to be out of this place, and I'm going to enter your presence, and there's going to be no sorrow or crying or grief or pain. Thank you, God, for all that you have in mind for me. Or perhaps, thank you, God. For this warm room that I'm sitting in. For this, some of you are really thankful for that tonight. Uh, thank you, God, for this soft chair or for this good meal. God, I praise you that you're always there when I come to you. Thank you that you hear me. Thank you for your patience with me. I mean, there's so many things you can thank God for. And you can be stubborn in your thanksgiving and praise. And I want to tell you something. There would be days I'd walk down the hall from my office. I'd leave with a bad attitude. And by the time I got to the restroom, I was having a praise service. Why? Because I chose to thank and praise God. And when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, you enter into his courts with praise, you draw near to God through thanksgiving and praise. This is the way it works. 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. There have been times I've been angry with God. There's been times I haven't understood the Lord. But what I found is a lot of times, though I don't understand the Lord, when I give it enough time on the other side of it, I see his goodness in the situation. There's some things we may not understand until we get to heaven, but this is the truth. The Lord is good. Whatever your circumstances are, he's good. Joseph says, my own brothers sold me into slavery. Lord, I was serving faithfully. Joseph didn't say this, by the way. I'm just using a little imagination. Um, God, I'm serving you faithfully here at Potiphar's house, and now my master's wife has falsely accused me. I did the right thing, and I'm being sent to jail. Okay, God, here I am in jail. I've been serving you faithfully. This chief butler and baker have come here, and one of them got killed and fulfilled the, what you enabled me to say. The other one that I asked to remember me and speak to me to Pharaoh, he's not, he's not remembered me. I'm just rotting away in this prison. Nobody cares. I'm forgotten. None of those words are recorded as ever being said by Joseph. Now, I don't know. He may have had those thoughts. He, I'm, he was human. I'm sure he struggled at times. But it is truly remarkable what you see Joseph passing out the food and his brothers come. And, and when he reveals himself to them, he says, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. You see, he's on the other side. That's why we can praise God in the trial. Sometimes, you know, our brothers and sisters in various parts of the world who are being persecuted for Christ, some of them, they're, every day is a living hell for them. But they're going to get to the other side one day. And God says there's a special crown for those who endure persecution. And they're going to receive the rewards. They're going to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why? Because the Lord is good. Paul said this light and moments, momentary suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. His faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. We can praise him not only for what he's done in our lives, we can praise him for what he's going to do in our kids' lives as we pray, our grandkids. It's amazing what I've seen God do in our family. Um, my my brother-in-law uh, was asked uh, if he was willing to go to Afghanistan and um, he's, he's in the Army Reserve. And he told them yes. It would have been good uh, for them financially, but they just really didn't want to be, he was going to be 
there for a year, and they've got seven kids. So my sister moved there with seven kids by herself for a year. And uh, we just began to pray. And this week we heard that God answered that prayer. And the military said because he'd had a heart problem before, they denied uh, his going to Afghanistan. And so he's going to be able to stay home. Now, some people say, well, you know, that's just chance. Uh, listen, I don't believe that. With, I, I believe with all my heart that God answers the prayers of his people. I, I've seen it over and over and over again. And can I tell you, the same God that answered the prayers of my great-grandmother as she prayed for my mother, that answered my mother's prayers as she prayed for me, is going to answer my prayers as I pray for my kids and their prayers as they pray for their kids. Because that's the God that we serve. His faithfulness endures forever. So, what is praise? Praise is just saying something about the great character of God and appreciating Him for His great character and honoring Him for that in our lives. Lord, your faithfulness is great. Lord, your goodness is wonderful. These are all statements of praise. Uh, whatever character quality that he has, we can lift to him in prayer and, and in praise. Uh, whatever he's done for us in the past, we can use as an example of thanksgiving. We can thank him for it and praise him for it. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven my sins every single time in accordance with your promise as I've confessed it to you. Thank you, God, that you've answered prayer. Thank you, God, that you were patient with me when I had no clue. Uh, and uh, I probably still don't have a clue compared to the Lord, right? But uh, I have a little bit more of a clue than I used to have. Praise God. Uh, but God's patient. Aren't you glad God's patient with us? I'd have given up on myself probably a long time ago, but God has been patient with me. Thank you, God. I praise you for it. So we bless God with our worship. What does he look for? Our excitement, our service, our knowledge, our trust, and our praise. And as we do these things, we will truly bless and delight the heart of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the kind of God that you are. There is no one like you. And Lord, as we consider our praise, Lord, we know that we can't really have the right attitude uh, in worship and w without your, your presence and without you enabling us to worship. But I thank you that you're uh, there for us to call upon when we're struggling. Help us uh, to be a people of thanksgiving and praise. Help us to be a people of excitement.